Welcome to Living Hope, a weekly show designed to provide hope, inspiration, and education on pancreatic cancer. Sharing the real-life stories of those affected by this disease and how they deal with it on a daily basis. And today, well, to kick off, this is a brand new series for us here. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Uh, let's bring her in and uh, welcome her to our station here. Uh, we're talking about the head, the founder of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, Pamela Acosta Mark. Marquart? Marquart. Marquart. I, I was so <laughs> close. Marquart. I had it there. Um, welcome to OC Talk Radio and to Living Hope. Thank you. So we got a lot to pack into uh, for 20 minutes here. For those who don't know, um, you lost your mother to pancreatic cancer following a six-month battle, right? Correct. And after discovering there was no organization that dealt with this, surprisingly, this is, this is not that long ago. This isn't like 100 years ago. This is in 1996, yeah, I believe. 25 years ago this year. So your mother contracts this and dies. And you said, so I got to do something about this. And so you became determined to ensure that patients and families had some place to go for information, resources, and what we're going to focus a lot on in the coming weeks, hope. Um, and so you started off doing it. How, do, how did that affect you after your mother's death and how did it launch this organization? Well, it was actually during the time of my mom's journey, during that six months that she survived, that you know when I went online to this brand new kind of World Wide Web, yeah. commonly known as the internet today. <laughs> right, right. Um, Hard to believe there was a time when it wasn't there. But I know, new, yeah. I know. And I was brand new to technology too, so it was kind of comical, me trying to figure out how to navigate. But of course I searched for the organization that dealt with pancreatic cancer and found nothing. The only thing that I did find was a chat board that was provided by um, Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. Hmm. There was a pathologist there who thought it was important to have a place where people could come together. And at that time, there was only, oh gosh, maybe a handful of people participating. As my mother's journey came closer to an end, I kept seeing more and more people gravitate to that chat board you know, coming in with their own stories right. and, you know, looking for information to try to save their loved ones. So or how to handle it or what to do and, right. and there was, just tell me what's going on. What's it, my chances? Well, how can I handle this? What's it going to be like? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And most of the time, what they were getting from the doctors after diagnosis was, you know, go home and get your affairs in order. I am so sorry, but you have pancreatic cancer and you probably have three to six months to live. Wow. Wow. And, you know, my yep. mother, being the compliant patient that she was, died six months later. Yeah. <laughs> and so right. it was really during that time as I I'm got, only laughing because that's what my mother and dad were. If the doctor said, you know, go do this, go stand in your head in the corner yeah. for three hours, they would do that. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you take the doctor's word as the gospel because right. that's how we were all raised. Right. <clears throat> so, you know, the, when my mom first got diagnosed, I remember standing in the hospital room when that diagnosis came down, and my first thought was, oh my gosh, that's what Michael Landon died of. And I recall that he didn't survive very long after he went public with his announcement. Yeah, so, it, was, it was quick. Yeah, so with... It, and we're going to dive into this because we've got a lot to pack in here about pancreatic cancer, how it relates to other cancers. They're not all the same. We'll, we'll dive into that in a second here and why pancreatic cancer doesn't pop to the 
top right. of everybody's understanding and list because it's certainly it's certainly one of the deadliest. Uh, in fact, I guess we might as well say this here. I pulled up some facts just because I, I couldn't believe it. And I thought it's we got to tell this at least as part of the story. Pancreatic cancer, from what I've seen, is the third leading cause of cancer-related deaths in the world. Uh, and it's, I guess I'd argue it's one of the toughest, if not the toughest, cancer to survive with just a five-year survival rate of 10%. 10 only 10% of the people live five years with this thing. So um, uh, just it's approximately 48,000 people die a day. And if you were diagnosed with this, the general consensus is put your affairs in order. Your life is not long right. on this planet. Here. And it's actually about 48,000 people in the United States per year. Okay. Out of, you know, just approaching 58,000 that are being diagnosed. So right. <clears throat> while we have... So it's a very deadly form of cancer well, it that is... doesn't get much prominence in discussion, despite the fact lots of prominent people have died of pancreatic cancer. Exactly. And I think beyond, at that point, beyond Michael Landon, most of the notable folks that lost their lives to pancreatic cancer, it, w it never came out in the public. Uh, people just didn't know. I mean, if they just had cancer. <clears throat> it was cancer. And people tend to throw all cancers into one bucket. And yeah. that simply is not the case. And so if I hear that uh, cancer uh, survivor among breast cancer is gone, up it's uh, more w women are it's not as uh, as much of a death sentence as it was years ago it's still very deadly and still very serious but the survivor rate's gone up then i just uh, assume that must be the case for all cancers brain cancer lung cancer pancreatic cancer uh, is part of the problem <laughs> i don't even know what the pancreas does well, who, or is who i know knows? where my heart is i know where my uh who knows lung that is you even have a pancreas i right? didn't really know no. and so but you know part of the problem well the the real problem really is is that number one people don't even know you have a pancreas right. I, cer I certainly didn't know that right and then because of the fact that we currently still to this day do not have an accurate early detection method Oof. we don't have any what we call truly effective treatments mm -hmm. um those are the things, you know, when you start having early symptoms of pancreatic cancer, they are seemingly so benign. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it could be like what? Indi what, what indigestion. You, you could have, you know, pain in the middle of your back. Maybe you pulled a muscle. You know, Just, as you're saying this, I'm feeling all of these. Oh, of course. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, Sometimes minute, I you know that. too much, yeah. right? But so many times patients are dismissed because typically the medical field looks for pancreatic cancer last mm. instead of ruling it out first. So, you know, there must the, be some simple answer for these simple symptoms. Let's go through those. And if we don't, uh-oh, maybe you got something worse there at the end. Right? Yeah, you would, you would think, but that typically doesn't happen. So, you know, part of what we do is really work on educating the medical profession, getting more awareness, and educating the general public to be their own best advocates and to speak up and and to know that if they have certain symptoms, and most likely it's not going to be pancreatic sure. cancer, but you know, to push a little bit until they get the answers that they're looking for. Well, let's dive into this a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not trying to set uh, set up a, a fight between different cancers here, uh, but <laughs> seems like some have done a better job of raising awareness, and I think specifically of breast cancer. My wife is very aware of breast cancer, as am I. Most males are now. And and right. so we're cognizant if you get a lump, boy, you pay attention to it. And you 
you you know every time she takes a shower or whatever she goes through a routine to check through all this stuff particularly because we're of a certain age we're in our 60s here or men with whatever testicular cancer other sorts of things mm -hmm. are you know you're sort of trained to sort of have I, is that a lump of my test or skin cancer melanomas right. and stuff what is this i'm looking certain things we're trained to look for now here and we're cognizant of them and we're aware of them i can't check my pancreas i can't see if right. i got a lump on my pancreas or a spot on my pancreas is that part of the problem well it is part of the problem because it, you know overall the number of people that get diagnosed with pancreatic cancer every year is a fairly small amount. I mean, we think it's a lot. We think, you know, 100 people is too many. Right. And what but, did you say? It's like fifty or 60,000 a year or something? Yeah. I mean, it's it's nearing almost 60,000. I mean, it's, the so it's numbers not 60 are million. I mean, it's a, I, I don't know. The numbers are climbing. And that's in the United States here. The numbers are climbing every year. And part of that is just because we have an aging population. Right. Part of it is because we have created a lot more awareness mm -hmm. where if people are being diagnosed, you know, where before it was just passed off and then they would die and they didn't ever check. So to see we'll what talk it was. about so, what it is and how you get it and what the what how it relates to other things. But I just want to stick on this for a second here. So sure. there are other types of how many roughly how many people get lung cancer or breast cancer or other sort. Do we have any idea? Oh gosh, I want to say breast cancer is probably. I don't know. A lot larger. A, a lot, lot larger. I don't know the actual numbers of breast cancer, like the most recent numbers. So part of it, it's it's not affecting as many people as some of these other diseases are, so it's nothing. Part of it, I got to believe, is it's just not something that's visible. It's not a spot on my face, like right. melanoma. It's not a lump on my breast. It's not something I can fee feel or see or quickly identify. It's just... Uh, it could be something you've got. You rattle off a couple of them there. I forgot what they were already here. Uh, indigestion or some other sorts right. of Right. It could be back pain. It could be sudden weight loss. I'm not going to think cancer. You know, that. Yeah, right. Of course. So it's not instantly visible. And it has to do with a part of the body I don't even know I have. So let's get it out there. What is the pancreas and where is it? I don't even know. Well, so the pancreas and this and is what another. what does it do? Okay. Right. The pancreas is situated between your stomach and your spine, okay. which is why sometimes you present with back pain, ah, okay? okay. The, the pancreas basically has two functions. It produces your digestive enzymes and it produces your insulin. Oh, okay. Well, so that's a those, big one. Yeah, so right. it's definitely an important part of your anatomy. Right. But again, it's for all the reasons that you've said. I can't see it. You, I can't touch it. You, yeah, you can't feel, you can't do anything and that's why so many people by the time they present with symptoms mm -hmm. many many times a first symptom is jaundice and that's simply because which is what you're changing the skin is looking yellowy yellowy your yeah, eyes yeah. can look yellow and what happens is if there is a tumor in the head of the pancreas and it pushes up against the bile duct you're going to present with jaundice. Mm. Well, usually by the time somebody presents that way, too late. We've got a problem. There's a there's a problem. So, what is the normal way that they detect it? How do they, uh, other than they start to see some of these symptoms emerge that seem benign and harmless at first, until they rule it all out and think, uh oh, we got a bigger problem here. How do they do? They go in and do a biopsy do they do a scan do they look inside your body is there a blood test i can take that brings us out how, how do i discover not, not yet not yet okay we're, we're working on 
early detection uh, methods. But typically, if somebody has any of these types of symptoms, if they have a history of pancreatic cancer in their family, mm -hmm. because we know now if you even have just one first degree relative with pancreatic cancer, that the NCCN, which is the National Comprehensive Cancer Network, is mm -hmm. now recommending that you get genetic testing mm. just so that you can be armed with information. Knowledge is power. And if I do catch it early, is there an intervention program with breast cancer? They can go in and remove it. With other sorts, they can radiate it or treat it or something. Absolutely. So if I catch it early enough, to, do my odds go up or my my risk go down? Your odds definitely go up. but. But really, you know, we, we're talking hope too. We have right. more than a handful of people that were diagnosed at stage four, meaning that the cancer has metastasized or spread beyond the pancreas. Oh. And some of these people are now celebrating eight years out, nine years out. We never heard those stories We have before. one of them sitting here, the woman who's our executive producer here, Roberta Luna. She's a, what, a 19-year survivor? And she's going to nod over here. She's sitting off camera. When you guys came in and, on one of our shows, I was fascinated. And I said, I've got to learn more about this. And there's got to be more information out there about this. But what we're really looking for in this show are stories, hope, and if not, if not ultimate hope that you're going to live and you can and you might, how do I deal with it during whatever days I have left? What does this journey look like for most people? They always say, like anything, first it's denial and then it's anger and then at some point you come to acceptance and, and how you're going to handle this in your life. Was it that way with your mother or how did she... Some people deny it till the day they die. Some yeah. people give up the minute they hear about it. I don't think my mom, my mom was in denial until the day she died. I remember her saying to me, honey, can you ask the doctor why I'm so tired all the time? <laughs> and this was just a few days before she passed. So, yeah, and I think I probably sheltered her from some of that information sure. too. And, you know, everybody's journey is a little bit different, but... The fact that today there is more hope than there ever was before. You know, we talk about why this disease has been so overlooked, so underfunded, mm -hmm. and it's it's because, you know, you think about breast cancer, that movement started in the early 80s. Mm -hmm. And it, it became a movement, truly. I mean, a it was movement. a movement. I remember in the beginning, it was one of those, oh, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. We're all, we all live like the three monkeys, you know, deaf, dumb, and blind. We That's cover right. our eyes, cover our ears, cover our mouth here. Um, that image persists for me. That's certainly the way I am in all aging baby boomers. I hate to admit it, I'm one of those, I rarely go to the doctor because I don't want to know. Some if I don't know, it's nothing wrong. <laughs> can't be sick, if, but if I go, then I discover it. And it's like, some. I know this is ridiculous, but you know, we, we live in that kind of denial uh, of, uh, of wanting to know. Um, I don't know, certainly that I'd want to know I had pancreatic cancer, but I wouldn't want to not know either, because if well, there was a limited amount of time left, I'd want to make the most of it. And, and, it. and that's part of what we talk to people about is, you know, you, knowledge is power, and yeah, you really right. do want to know. And I mean, who better to be an advocate for your own health, but yourself, right? right. So we want to empower people with knowledge that they can use to have a hopeful journey right because you know the, the, and, the thing and again I, I don't want to oversell this and it's not always the hope that you're going to survive I'm sorry it is cancer and it's a deadly Correct. very deadly form of cancer but 
I've got it, let's say, or I know somebody's got it. How am I going to handle this? How am I going to handle this journey, whether it's short or long? Am I going to be sick? Am I going to be, I'm certainly going to be frightened. Am I going to fall apart? Am I going to stay together? At what point do I face it? How do I deal with it? How do I, how does my family deal with it? How are we going? There's a whole chapter. Talk about that a little bit, that, that suddenly you were given a potential death sentence. What do you and everyone around you do? Well, and like I said, everybody's different. Some people want to have their family just embrace it and they're going to fight and they're going to do right. everything that they can and they're going to call us at the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network and make sure that they have a patient central associate at their care a plan. table. And I'm not going to go gently exactly. into the night here, as Dylan Thomas famously said. I'm going to rage against the dying light here. Exactly. Gonna, and right. some people are like that and other people just kind of give up because they feel like they've been handed a death sentence. But the right. reality is I talk to those people all the time and they'll say, am I going to live? And I said, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not God. Right. And if you think about it, yes. As if I know I'm going to live past today. I could right. get hit by a we, bus tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. Right? right. And the reality is, is that we've got 10% of the people that are diagnosed that live five years and longer and beyond. That 10% represents thousands and thousands of people. Right. So why not you? Yeah. Why not your loved one? That's a good point. If, you if, don't know. It's only the, the odds are against it, but why not you? Well, why not? Uh, yeah, could be you. And then even if, whether it's you or not, you, you can't just close your eyes. You're in this journey now, and it's a journey until it ends, whether it's 20 years from now or 22 months from now. Here, What's the average lifespan of uh, the people? I mean, does it, it seems to progress rather quickly. Other forms of cancer linger it lasts longer. This one can move very quickly. It can move very quickly. And it's, you know, it's a pretty high number in the, you know, 70 some odd percentile of people that are going to lose their battle in the first year. But wow. we want to make sure that we are there by their side, that we are giving them all of the most current up-to-date information, many times to share with their doctors. And the best chance for survival, the best stories to provide you hope and inspiration and some real life stories of what the real life struggle you're in for here, what this is gonna look like and how you're gonna handle it before. And, the, and I suspect it's it, as hard as it is in the people going through it, you've got a world around you. You, How was it to watch your mother go through this? I can't imagine. It was very difficult. She was the first parent that I lost mm -hmm. and she was really the first time I had a, an up close and personal experience with a pending death. Yes, right. And. It not, was, a, not a possible death, a pen. You know, well, back then, yeah, back then. They're presenting we, there it was, as a pending death, right? Exactly. There was no hope. And like I said, today, sometimes, many times, is a very different story. But, you know, watching my mother go through this and watching her lose so much weight and watching her lose her appetite and watching her lose her ability to get up and move like she normally did. And towards the end, her inability to even communicate with us, yeah. it, it tore me apart. And it can tear families apart, it can tear marriages apart. It can, to, to, it to, absolutely uh, can. And leave people angry or hurt or in denial. I mean, I, I can't imagine the collateral damage to the extended family and friends that this happened. I, I, I get it, it's about me, I'm dying. 
but what is this going to do to my family and my friends and everybody else around me? Well, so. and that's one of the things I think many times we tend to overlook the caregiver or mm -hmm. caregivers and support for them is so very important because Absolutely. they too are in the battle of their life. I will only tell you, and I'll, I'm sure I'll share this more as we go on, I did not have anybody that died of pancreatic cancer, but I've lost both of my parents. My mother had Alzheimer's. My dad uh -huh. fell and had a brain concussion. His brain. My dad used to say for years, I wonder what's going to take me someday. I said, Dad, I don't want to talk about this. And at 93, he was pulling a loaf of bread out and fell and banged his head, and that's what killed him. He fell, and his head oh swelled gosh. up. You know, the almost unlikely. He went through, he had the, um, uh, what's the cancer of the blood? Uh, leukemia. Leukemia. He, he had mm -hmm. a stroke. He had heart bypass. He flew through that like nothing, but fell and hit his head, and it was all over. Uh, within weeks. So you never know. But uh, I guess the point I'm making is I went through that. I'm an only child, and I was the only one there for both of them as they went through this. And then my late aunt, my mother's uh, unmarried sister. So three times I went through losing these people, all for different reasons. And each time I thought I was totally alone. There was nobody to help me. I went to the doctor and they went, time's up. Hey, I don't know what to tell you. I have done everything I can do. I don't know where to send you. I don't know what to tell you, but time's up. Next patient, please. And I just felt totally alone in each and every case and angry and hurt and frightened and confused and everything. And, and I'm supposed to be helping them. They're frightened and confused. And I'm supposed to be giving them some ideas and advice. And so often there's so little, I guess there is stuff out there, but people don't know of it. And the doctors don't seem to steer. Do you find that? Do doctors just sort of wash their hand of something? I, it's almost an embarrassment. I can't help you anymore. I've done everything I can. And it really, yeah, it really depends on the doctors, but it's that same exact feeling that you just described mm -hmm. that really propelled me to do something about it because I felt those same feelings, those same emotions, that same sense of being so powerless yeah. against a disease. So unprepared. Like so, and, and I'm a. I'm an analytical person, all right, give me the data, let's do the research, let's right. find this, uh, uh, tell me the facts and how we can fight it. And, and, and you're on your own, good luck for most of the people. Now, thank goodness of organizations like yours are springing up to, to provide support, education, information, and I hope people will come back and listen to these stories. These are stories we should, because it doesn't just pancreatic cancer. This is a, a deadly story that has even more ramifications and fear and whatnot. But this is the story of all of us. We're all going to go through this at some point in time or know somebody that goes through this. Right. And I don't think any of us are ready for it. That's just my, I may be getting on a soapbox here, but I just don't yeah. think we're ready to face any of these things. We and live in denial of it. And how do you prepare yourself? I mean, really, truly, really, you yeah, can't true, really yeah. prepare yourself for things like this, but you just always have to remember is to seek out as much information as you can yes. to make informed decisions and I think we've got the benefit now of the internet. We've mm -hmm. got the benefit of social media, that connectivity. Isn't that the truth? There is some place to go, right, yeah. And one of the things that was so important as we were building the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network is to create a community mm -hmm. for people even after, whether it's during a journey with themselves, a loved one, or even afterwards. Afterwards, that's the, you hit it on the nail, because when it was over, everybody was like, okay, two weeks went by, your dad died, I feel really bad, let's get back to work. Let's right. go. And it's like, I'm not ready. I'm still feeling it. I'm still, everybody else, the world's moved on and I'm still grieving here. Yeah. And you know what? And this is just kind of like my own personal way of looking at things. But I always feel like with a disease, 
like pancreatic cancer that's typically so swift Mm -hmm. and everything happens so quickly, I think in many cases, and I, again, these are my numbers, I'm making them up, but I feel like at least 80% of the folks that go through a journey like that just need to get on with their lives afterwards. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to wrap my head around that. But the people that come to, whether it's our organization or another pancreatic cancer organization, the people that come to us looking for a place to feel empowered again, because we are all cut from the same cloth. We're the ones that couldn't just walk away. And there's tremendous power in that. There is. Well, how do people reach you if they are been diagnosed? They know somebody's diagnosed, they're going through any of this. There is a place and a space and a community that can help you when the doctors say, don't know what to tell you, go home, put your affairs in order. You got pancreatic cancer next. Uh, it's the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. I like that. It's not a passive group here. That's right. Action, and it's a network. It's not just two people giving an idea here. How do they reach you, and how do they connect with you? Okay, if anybody is traveling this journey currently or knows of anybody that is traveling the journey or in the future hears of anybody, our toll-free number is 877-272-6226. Our website is www.pancan, P-A-N, like in Nancy, C-A-N, dot org. Connect with us and we will make sure that we will provide you with the most up-to-date information to help you or your loved one travel this journey. And is it a, a journey that we go through and then go on and we forget about the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network and now there's a new group on the journey and a new a new group of passengers arrive and and heading the thing or do people stay with you and stick with you and support you and volunteer and help i I suspect it's all of the above but well it's again it's different for everybody but i would like to think that more people than not Mm -hmm. join our purple family because you know we joke all the time but it really is real when they come into our family they're feeling that big purple hug yeah right and we want (laughs) to know today yeah we we are a family for them and we are going to provide them with the vehicle to be able to, you know, get through, through their grief, but like I said, feel empowered to do something for the next person. And to help someone, because that's the only thing, it, it makes, it's the only way you can make some sense sometimes of going through this. Absolutely. If I can, if I go through all this and then just forget it and don't tell anybody about it, uh, I haven't honored the person that died. I haven't helped anybody else down the road. If we all pass it like a bucket brigade, the fire, right. There's a fire raging. Somebody's got to grab the first bucket and then hand it to the second person. They hand it and create, we create a line that we can put out these fires. Well, I think it's a beautiful idea. I think it's a powerful idea. I think it's an overdue idea because having gone through my own journey with three aging parents or two aging parents and an aunt, uh, it was a lonely journey. It was a difficult journey. Yeah. And when it was over, everybody wanted me to just turn the page and forget about it. And I, it was hard to do that. So I think for all of those reasons, these sorts of stories. And to support your last point here, it is different for everybody. Some people are gonna rage, some people are gonna roll over, some people are going to um, uh, stay in the fight forever, some people it's too painful to think about it and they can't deal with it past tomorrow. There is no right way when you're going through these emotions and feelings, somebody can't, that used to drive me crazy. People would come and say, well, you can't feel that way, you can't do that, you shouldn't do this or whatever. It's like 
who are you to tell me? It's my journey, right? Yeah, like the people that tell people, oh, you should be feeling this way during your grief. Pro no, it's different for everybody. Yeah, and you know time's what? up for the grief. Now it's time yeah. to move to this. And, and yeah. any way that anybody decides to deal with it, that is their choice and it's okay. We just want people to know that there's a whole family of us out here yep. that are ready to embrace you, that are ready to provide you with opportunities to do something to make a difference, to change history. Yeah. I know we've gone a few minutes over here, but I'll give you one more little one that struck me is how, I'm just turning this in my own little personal uh, tirade here, but I was always amazed how your friends and family fade away at this moment. I don't know, and I guess I probably have done it too. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. You're exactly. uncomfortable with it. You don't want to think about it either. I'm really sorry you're going through this, but I really don't know what to do would help you, and I really can't sit and discuss this. Uh, and so you're left alone too often uh, to ride this journey alone. You've now providing a family and a network of people who've been there and done that. That's got to be power. Well, thank you so much again. One more time, how do they reach you? Uh, the phone number is 877 Two seven two six two two six, and the website is www.pancan.org. All right, we'll come back each and every week. We're going to give you some living hope, real life stories of people really dealing with this deadly disease, and how, how, where you go for hope, for ideas, for information. Hopefully, it's here. Thank you so much. We look forward to having you come back and give us updates from time to time as we bring in others who share their journey of living with pancreatic cancer. You've been listening to Living Hope, a weekly show designed to provide you with some real life examples and real life stories of those affected by this and how they deal with it on a daily basis. If you'd like to share your stories, we welcome you to come on. And if you need help, just contact a patient services. That's 8772 the number two, P-A-N-C-A-N, PANCAN. They're there to help you. And we hope that you'll help us by spreading the word and telling these stories. It's only through stories that we learn and get some living hope.